Undoing the Way Podcasts are done. This is Background Noise from Undoing, a podcast about entrepreneurs, for entrepreneurs, and by entrepreneurs. And because we're bootstrappers too, we shun the conventions of expensive microphones and studios and keep the conversations real, raw, uncut, and complete with all the background noises. Today, as we collectively feel our walls closing in upon us, we gain renewed appreciation of home with Maria Fideco, founder of AM Cleaning. Stick around. We'll gladly fill some of your time. This is Background Noise. Possibly the first time a house cleaning company gets on a podcast, but AM Cleaning is not just another house cleaning company. It solves household problems, the kind you and I and my partner Mark Bovin are becoming more overwhelmed with the longer we have to stay in our homes. You'll find her background compelling, her attitude toward service refreshing, and her value upon relationships as part of the service industry quite unique. I spoke with her over a somewhat glitchy Zoom line as she sat alone in an echoey office. But before we go there, I Zoom called my partner Marc Bovin in his office to get his key takeaways for my talk with Maria. She has a pretty compelling story as to sort of how she got to start a cleaning company. I think that was, I think that's what people will notice straight away is she's got quite the, the background to get from where she started, which was Ukraine to Calgary. What jumped out at me happened weeks, if not months before we even spoke. And that was how her brand literally jumped off the Instagram feed. I had to look twice to determine exactly what the company was. She had professionally shot cleaning products. So it looked like maybe it was an ad for this new environmentally friendly cleaning brand. And Upon clicking through the one picture, I got to her gallery and there's pictures of her and various other bright-eyed and bushy-tailed cleaners who just look so in love with their job that I was intrigued. Read more about how they make or how she makes her cleaning products a lot by hand and infuses essential oils and right there there was a story. So we followed up with um, that during our conversation. For sure, the Eastern European background, I think, factors heavily into her discipline and her high quality standards for, for things that she does. I think she believes a lot in her people. She puts a lot of emphasis into her hiring. In fact, she puts a lot of emphasis not only into the screening that she does for people she hires, but also for the people that she, that hires her. She's got this real calibration to the people that she wants to deal with and um, and to ensure that everybody, both sides of the equation are treated with dignity. You know, and I think about, you know, a cleaning company and you think about somebody being passionate about that. And it, it it's great to see that sort of passion come across, but she really truly seems to get a lot of marketing concepts and ideas. She also talks about, you know, solving problems for customers where, it's more than just cleaning. She's trying to obviously help solve consumer problems. So, you know, not necessarily at the Marie Kondo level of things, but certainly at a level that's much different than just saying, look, I'm going to take these products, whether they're environmentally friendly or not, and I'm going to apply them to your stuff, and then you're going to feel better. Well, how is she able to really 
get that point across, go beyond just sort of saying, look, we're here to clean. I think she does it with that, with her intention of getting to know those pain points. She talks about this this concept of home and what home stands for. Despite, as you say, living in 27 different countries, she has this concept of the warmth and coziness of what a home should feel like. So she she sees problems at that level rather than just, you know, pardon the pun, surface cleaning. She gets down to, you know, what people really want when a service like hers comes in to perform their job. And I think that's, you're right, the epitome of marketing. It's not just the branding, which I think she does exceptionally well. It's identifying and solving a problem. So I, I, I think about, you know, each time I listen to the podcast, I try to think about what is it that we want people to take away from things. And, you know, there's a wide variety of things that she talks about, her story, her background, um, the systems that she has in place. But what, what is the one thing you would sort of take away from this as something you want people to maybe pay attention to? I think, and again, our podcast is, is targeted at entrepreneurs or would-be entrepreneurs, students who want to be entrepreneurs, but this whole notion of creating something unique that solves a problem in a unique way. And I think there's a couple of things that work with AM Cleaning and with its founder, Maria. One is the communication competency. If you can make a cleaning company appear to be a utility and an attractive utility at that, I think you're definitely doing something right with your communications. You'll also hear her talk about the way she communicates with her employees and her customers. So I think that's key. And you hit on it as well, just the, this problem solving. She's not one to feel like going in and dusting and vacuuming and mopping is all her job of course. It's relationships. Uh, and I think that we probably all want some of that. And I think it's that the fundamental aspect of things that no matter what we're talking about always comes down to that, the idea of value, the idea of problem solving, the idea of you know, looking for the pain points, looking for how to make people's lives easier. We start with her talking about those 27 countries and her long journey, Mark. So we'll begin there with Maria Fadeko. I guess my story started in 1992 in Ukraine. That's uh, where I was born. I was born in the capital. And um, yeah, it's been one heck of a ride between Ukraine and North America and 27 other countries that I somehow managed to call home. So there's, this is only like a one hour podcast, if that. Sure. I feel like we can make it, like uh, turn it into a series based on <laughs> the plot line that you've just set up. Why don't we take a couple of shortcuts, if we can, and sure. talk about you landing in Canada and what was going through your mind to decide that now is a good time to start up a cleaning company. I'm going to go backwards. Um, I left Ukraine when I was 15 and I moved to States to go to school. And then I lived in States and then I moved up North because um, I thought, oh, I should check out Canada. I heard about maple syrup and deer. So I moved to Ottawa in 2013 and I went to school for international development because I loved different you know, countries and politics. So I really wanted to be in like foreign affairs. 
Um, but then my first job obviously was with real estate. Like I was working for a real estate investor and um, he had a pretty large portfolio and my job was to connect with people and manage tenants and all that stuff. And um, I was really good at it because it could connect with everyone considering everyone is from somewhere. So I fell in love uh, with, I guess, serving people. I guess I'm a professional people pleaser. I don't know. Um, but getting to know people and helping them to feel the most comfortable where they at. And um, then I met my significant other and he was like, do you like mountains? Because <laughs> I got a job by the mountains. So we moved to Calgary from Ottawa to Calgary. And then when I landed in Calgary, it was in 2018, um, I, was, um, I was trying to figure out like what to do. I need to go back to corporate world and you know, work in property management because I love it. Um, but he inspired me to start my own home-based business so I thought okay what could it be I love service I love working with people and I love working with homes like real estate and um, my one of my many jobs during universities was cleaning houses so I thought oh I can just use my cleaning skills you know and uh, start a small little cleaning company you know, even though Calgary has like 483 other cleaning companies. <laughs> so that's, that's how it started. So we went to the registry and registered our little company. And um, I was a sole proprietor and, uh, you know, walked a few dogs to save up money for the first vacuum cleaner. And uh, yeah, and then it turned into something bigger. That's fantastic. Walking dogs to save up money to launch your house cleaning company. I'm beginning to see the lines, the dots being attached with lines in this picture. Um, but you, re you referred to it earlier on when you talked about the, just the sheer saturation of cleaning companies, not just in Calgary, but anywhere. So yeah. what, was, what made you different or what, what was your plan to stand out amongst that? That's, yeah, that is... Um... I, I guess that's something that I've resisted because um, my partner had this idea for a couple of months and he was like, you should do it. You should do it. And I was like, how the heck am I going to do it? Like there's so many other established businesses um, that have amazing reviews, you know, and like everyone is busy. I don't know anyone in Calgary. Neither do you. Like we knew absolutely no one but our landlord. But he was like, well, then just come up with what makes you different. So, um, you know, we focused on, like I opened my Instagram account and I was like literally messaging people like that creepy person. And I was saying, I was like, Hey, I'll come clean your house for $50. Just started this business, love real estate, <laughs> you know, just like messages and messages to people, um, on Instagram who I thought would be my ideal client. And uh, a few people, you know, took me up on that offer. And until this day, they're my loyal clients who have the most amazing cleaning rate because they had faith in me from the very beginning. And then some people are like, oh, I'm not really sure who you are. Uh, but then they ended up calling me two years later, asking me to clean their house. Yeah, so it was a lot of messaging on Instagram, lots of events, like going to different networking events, small business events. ATB was awesome resource for me um, just to kind of understand how things go and meet other entrepreneurs um, and pick their brain. 
So it was a lot of, yeah, it was a lot of research and, you know, building human capital. We're still sort of poking around the bush here, and I'm going to have to uh, tease out some of this from you, I think, because I discovered you on Instagram, and this may possibly be the first ever podcast about a cleaning company, but I think that that's the point, is that you are not just a cleaning company, are you? There is more. There is more to it, yes. Let's talk about that. I guess it's around the feeling, you know, the feeling you get when you walk into your when you walk into your home that it's perfectly clean because remember how people get excited when they buy their house like they're all over the moon like they sleep on the floor until they get their furniture and they build their dream home and then with time that spark disappears and i feel like we're bringing that spark back by um, giving them their ideal home like that clean crisp feeling when they walk in and they're like ah oh, i'm in love with my home again what does that mean to you, concept of home and that sentimental attachment we have to it? Well, I think that, you know, to have a home and to feel at home are completely different things. So you have to create that sacred space for yourself, you know, have this ideal life built within your home. I know that everyone feels safe at home and everyone just wants to relax and recharge and get creative. And I guess we help them by allowing them to actually focus on the things that matter instead of like scrubbing their oven. And we try to deliver that calm to homes that really needed or wanted. You do that with someone who's hired you for the first time. I assume that when you get to know a client, you almost get to know, I'm assuming this from you anyway, I'm not sure if every cleaning company is this way, but from you, I get the feeling that personal connection means something and you treat house cleaning as if you were designing someone's wedding gown. There's a really personal aspect to exactly what they want, that they want these things over here, that they want this room to smell like this, that they want uh, details, details, details. Yeah, so I think we have a luxury to connect really with each of our clients because we're small company and um, instead of asking like oh how many square footage like what's your square footage of your house like that's not my first question that's probably my last question like um, even we have like the intake form on our website and like um, over the phone consultation and I talked to them I was like how many kids do you have like how old are they you know what what is your biggest pain point and they're like well I want my house to be cleaned and I'm like no 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 like what drives you crazy? Like, what, what are you not happy with? And how can we help this for you? Like, how can we solve this for you? Um, can we teach you how to do it to maintain your home clean between your appointments? Can we connect you with an organizer if you need help decluttering before your cleaning appointment? So it's like we take it in a very holistic way uh, by not like going in, cleaning, getting out. We help our clients to you know, to get where they want to be. I call it success stories. You know, when our appointments in the beginning with one client were so long because they had so much stuff and they were so, um, unor not unorganized, but they were like drowning in their own house. And then with time, with our encouragement or, you know, connecting them with other home specialists, 
their home is now absolutely perfect and we spend half of the time we used to cleaning their home and it makes me very happy because they've reached their ideal home. So, so true when, success in your mind is almost like a downward curve of dollars paid to you. Yeah, but at the same time, like if they're happy, I'm happy because if they're happy, they're going to tell their friends they will just have a different cleaning experience. And if we can make that experience, if we can be their home service provider, not a cleaning provider, but a home service provider, I think we've achieved what we wanted to. We may need to change the branding on this. AM Home <laughs> Service. They have a little bit more cachet than AM Cleaning. But let's talk about, about your, your branding and um, what it means, not just in literal terms, but in symbolic terms too. Oh my goodness. I came up with that name being in U-Haul driving through Saskatchewan because we took the U-Haul from Ottawa to Calgary and it was like early early in the morning driving this track it's ginormous I was always like a part of 5 a.m club I love waking up early in the morning and get a lot of things done before the world wakes up so I thought oh a.m cleaning would be awesome because we can start early in the morning and then we can finish in the afternoon and you know have the rest of the day to ourselves so yeah, AM goes for early in the morning. Um, and of course, there is a twist of uh, our initials, my partners and my initials. Like your own clients, I met you virtually on Instagram and I was just fascinated by the distinction in which you were positioning and branding yourself. First of all, I hadn't seen any other cleaning companies on Instagram and certainly none that would make cleaning appear to be such an organic and natural and life-giving activity. You looked completely joyful in the task of cleaning homes. Absolutely. So I remember reaching out to you and saying, hey, I'm going to feature you more on the podcast. Uh, is it am or is it am and what does it mean? And you were quick to reply, which I was grateful for. Yeah. We haven't touched on here, and I think it's a clear differentiation for you, is not only the love that you put into cleaning every corner of a home, but what you clean it with. Um, yeah, that's another thing that I wanted to adopt from the very beginning, you know, because majority of our clients are very conscious consumers, you know, they're very aware of what they use, who they use, and they care about the process. And I myself also care about the process. Like, how do we get to sparkling clean home? And how does this affect our, you know, ecosystem, our environment, because cleaning companies are notorious for um, footprint, um, like so much waste and so much chemicals get dumped down the drain. And uh, as an avid scuba diver, um, I was very aware of water toxicity and um, all the chemicals that go down the drain and they impact our marine life. So a little eco nerd, nerd in me did not want to, you know, use chemicals even though they're very cheap and affordable but i just didn't want it to be that way like i wanted to feel good pouring out the dirty bucket of water down the drain knowing that it doesn't have any nasties so we use um, ewg uh, when it comes to looking at clean products and their rating how bad they are 
um, how green they are and explain explain EWG for those of us including me that do not <laughs> it's environmental world group and uh, they have a catalog of 2500 cleaning products that you can find on the shelves and you can type in I don't know tide whatever detergent and it will tell you what are the ingredients in it and what impact it has on your health and what impact it has on water toxicity, what impact it has of, um, on um, you know, overall environment. So Tide actually has rating D, which is in red. So we don't use any detergents like that. Um, we use castile soap, which is rating B. You know, we use uh, baking soda, we use rubbing alcohol, hydrogen peroxide, or if we go a commercial disinfectant, um, it would be a plant-based disinfectant with a good grade on it. So and you make some of these yourself in your home. Yeah, so some of like day-to-day -to, -day to get rid of dirt and grime, of course, like we use essential oils and uh, we use baking soda with a good scrubby because a lot of um, cleaning that we do, like, you know, we choose to go elbow grease instead of just spraying something and let it sit there and fume for 10 minutes. We choose to manually remove the dirt and calcium buildup and bacteria. You know, it's like, it's a choice. You can spray it with a chemical, let it sit there, or you can manually remove it with a bunch of awesome tools, steamers, brushes, scrubbies. So we go that route. It's more physically demanding. Um, but let me tell you, all of my girls are super fit. Now, back up a bit, because you said essential oils. Since when do essential oils have anything to do with cleaning? Uh, I think they've always been around uh, because they're very versatile for like health and household, um, you know, day-to-day -day tasks. Like even myself growing up, we had essential oils and my grandma used to add them to like laundry cycles or we use like citric acid, you know, tea tree oil to fight mildew and mold i don't know it's just like a very old school way of doing things or like more natural way of doing things it must have uh, it must give off a, a much more pleasant fragrance as well oh absolutely yeah and uh, our clients love it obviously there are some there are some people who will appreciate the natural aspect of things because it's their choice or because they have they're very sensitive to uh, you know chemical fumes um, or they just want to have no chemicals in their house. So those are our ideal clients who usually look for us. Uh, but also I'm thinking about my team because if you use Windex all the time um, or like any other commercial grade uh, cheap chemical, um, it can burn your lungs. Like a lot of women who've been in cleaning industry for years who've been using, you know, chemicals, it's been, it's been, bugging their health for sure because you inhale all the stuff as you clean so i didn't want to expose my team um, to chemicals and people who apply with us when i ask them why do you apply to work with us they say i'm so done with cleaning with chemicals i'm really attracted to you as an employer who cares about my health so it's i guess it's a dual advantage for our clients not to be exposed to nasties as well to our team as you started to talk about team, and because we're doing this on Zoom, I could see your um, your facial expression almost adjust with uh, with a hint of, of sadness, given what's going on now. And I, I think maybe 
because we are having this conversation in April 2020, we can't avoid the fact that um, people are out of work, including some of yours. And this has impacted your business like any other small business in, mm-hmm. in any place in the world. It's not a Calgary thing. It's not a Canada thing. It's a global thing. Before I, I, I have you speak to that, I also want to say to those that are listening that you, um, Maria, I think we're one of my first kind of literal in Calgary signal that something serious was going down. And it, again, was through Instagram. You put out this post way before anybody else was acknowledging coronavirus as being a thing Canada needs to be concerned about. And it was a, it was a video, I believe, in which you said, I had a choice to take a vacation and go to Paris. And I decided that I wasn't going to endanger the health of my team or my clients by doing so and coming back. And I looked at that and I thought, oh my God, like this is, this is an entrepreneur who does not get vacations very often. This is, this is one of those dream vacations and you're calling the whole thing off. And that was, you know, I, I can't put the date on it. We could look it up historically, but I'm thinking it was at least, it was February, way before March that this all happened. So I wanted to commend you, first of all, on your awareness of things in the world around you and the people around you. And then also to speak to how this has impacted you and your company. Um, yeah, I knew it would probably get bad, you know, with time, even when I started looking at the news in February and I knew that I had a flight booked, I was really looking forward to the trip. But because I've traveled so much, I thought that, you know what, it will get worse um, because like I've been to all the airports and I know they're pretty nasty. So yeah, I called up the trip. Um, it was hard, but it was the right thing to do. Uh, I'm sure I will have an opportunity down the road to go to Paris. Yeah, I, and because this uncertainty was coming, I really thought it would be a better decision, the more responsible decisions to stay in Calgary and to be there for my team and to my for my clients to understand what's happening. And it happened, you know, mid-March, uh, crap hit the fan. <laughs> so I'm glad I was, uh, I was here and um, we could um, have these difficult conversations. But um, yeah, it is not fun not to have work. I've never experienced that before. And um, it's really hard to talk to your team about it. But it's always important to be transparent with them and check in with them and see how they feel and how you can help them, you know, personally or financially. So we do that. And that's all you can do at this point. How has work gone for you at this time? Has it completely dried up because the whole tap has been turned off or is there any work and do you still, are you still able to pay anybody, including yourself? We do residential cleaning, which is our bread and butter. And that um, pretty much died off because a lot of families are at home with their kids considering the school is off and you know, no one is going to work. So everyone is working from home. So um, yeah, our residential clients are on hold right now, um, which is fine because we want them to stay at home and be safe. Um, and, um, we just have a few post-construction projects and those are vacant new builds, um, where I can disperse, you know, to people on different levels where they can work away. So yeah, it's not, it's not, you know, full-time work at all. 
but it's something that we have left that we can do. It's not like we fully, fully shut down. I still give them some admin work to do so they can get some hours because I understand that for some of my employees, it's their the only income that they have and like I want to support them. And for other employees, like they have um, a partner who can support them and so on and so forth. So we have these frank money conversations because I know that money is important. When this ends, you will have to hire 10 more crews because there will be <laughs> a lot of messy houses. But uh, I, I the question, and I remember speaking to you before we did this, you know, I'm not necessarily surprised that you didn't have work, but wondering, especially with all the people at home 24 seven now, I mean, speaking personally, our house is in worse shape than it ever has been. Is it not? And we're getting to the springtime now here in Calgary where you could you not say take bookings where where the family goes out for you know a three-hour hike or people have to get out too and could you not use those times to go in commando style do your thing and have them come back to that house that uh, you know, a lot of our clients are, um, you know, they have children and babies have nap times and it's really hard to work around baby nap times and especially there are several babies and then uh, people have conference calls during the day. So like asking them to leave during the day is not feasible because a lot of people are still working. Yeah, we tried a few different strategies, uh, but again, if they don't work out, like I don't want to push anything uh, because right now no one wants to have anyone come in and I completely understand and respect that. So we're just going to um, wait until naturally people will be more open to those ideas. Got it. If we can remove that from our minds uh, for the last little bit of our talk here, and it's impossible, I know, but besides something, a black swan event such as COVID, what, what challenges have you encountered in getting your business going, both from an entrepreneurial mindset point of view and then in, in your specific industry category? Oh man, like I think the biggest challenge is your work is always infused with your personal life. Because I love what I do so much, it's hard for me to turn off, you know? Like if I have an inquiry, I'll drop everything and like get excited to talk about that, like about that family and what they're looking for. Um, so that's been a challenge. But another challenge would be, it's not really a challenge, just the nature of work because we work with a variety of homes. When you, when you work in bigger homes um, that have a very unique interior designs and very unique pieces, the room for error, you know, there's no room for error when it comes to um, damage or breaking things or whatever. So we're always challenged to be very careful, slow down <laughs> and uh, um, make sure that the house is left in the same shape as it was, just cleaner, right? What's the so, best bit of constructive criticism that you've received? You know, uh, I'm very happy because like we personally know each one of our clients um, and they know our team um, and they're very honest to speak openly with us. And that's what I always wanted. You know, it's like, if you don't like something, you have to tell me because otherwise I would not know. So I always, um, like we have follow-up emails and um, sometimes follow-up texts. And we ask like, what could, we, what could have been done better? 
Cleaning industry is notorious for being complacent. You know how people get complacent. So we don't want to be that cleaning company and we always check in. All right, let's look at the other side of the coin. What sort of advice would you provide to an entrepreneur, whether they want to start a cleaning company, a restaurant, um, a packaged goods company? You know what? I'm going to start with people. I'll, I'll touch on hiring because that's been a very big learning curve for myself. If you're in business, yeah, there are some types of business where you can pull it off yourself, but most likely you'll have a team. So I'll, I'll be, I guess I'll talk about myself as an example. You have to figure out who is your ideal employee is. I figured that out very early on in the game, game and I'm very grateful for that because let's take cleaning industry. Everyone looks at it as like the last resort, you know, like they hate their existing fast food chain job. What are they going to do? They're going to clean for now until they find another job, right? So a lot of people jump into cleaning because of the desperation or because they don't need education for it or because it's just an easy thing to do. And I had a lot of applicants who just wanted to clean. They just wanted to clean, get in, get out, clean, have a good day. And I realized that I'm looking more than that. Like I'm looking for someone who is very small business oriented. I'm looking for someone who is very driven and who has ambition. So most of our employees, you know, by refining the interview process, by refining the application process, I managed to attract the most driven people who have ambition, who are in transition between whether school and their career or their dream job and their another dream job. And they just need a stepping stone in a good company who cares about them and who pays them a living wage, not a minimum wage, a living wage. So if you are a small business and you're starting out, you like, I highly recommend to figure out who you want to hire and why you want to hire those people. So is it possible to get that kind of person though, when they don't have a stake in the company, I guess it is because your, your testimony to it, but what's the ratio of those who check those boxes to those who don't in terms of your hiring process? Well, if I have 80 people apply, I hire only one. I may not even hire anyone because again, majority of people who apply, they just, just want to have a quick, easy cash transaction or whatnot so i you know i even created the application by asking people why do you want to clean at this point of your life because like you better have a specific reason for that tell me what kind of answer would make you hire them on the spot to that kind of question um well i wouldn't hire them on the spot but i would definitely be curious um people who say you know what i'm tired of my retail job or I worked in a big company and I was just a number. I really attracted to a small business or um, I'm in school and um, I'm waiting for my, you know, for my semester to end or my school year to end. And I'm really looking for work where I can make a difference every day and have instant gratification uh, while being a team player while pursuing my academic dreams. You know, like those are people who are very, open to what they want to do. So don't just hire for the sake of hiring. You have to hire with purpose. All right, let's talk about purpose as we close out. This isn't all about 
creating a, a company that pays you a, a salary or a wage. It's, it's about building something, I'm assuming, a little bit bigger than that. So how would you like people to think of you and your company in a year or five years? What would you like them to assimilate the words AM cleaning with? My favorite movie is Home Alone. I don't know why. I grew up watching it like every Christmas. And I think Home Alone too, when Kevin was in New York, he went to this cute little store, Duncan's Toy Store. Remember where he got those little doves from the guy who was working there? And that guy on a cashier was Duncan. He was the owner of that toy store. So I guess I want to be known as a small business owner who just focuses on their little craft and who is a part of the community. I just want to be known as, um, as Maria. You could build this brand out as a lifestyle brand in addition to a cleaning company. You've got such lovely imagery on Instagram as well and you've got your, your branding on house cleaning products and stuff like that. Do you do all that yourself? Yeah. Like you do everything. all the photography? Yeah. It's beautiful. You've got a lifestyle brand rather than just a cleaning brand. And I don't mean to belittle it in saying it that way. No, but it's true. And I think these are the conversations I have with our clients, you know, how can we help you with your home? So if someone treats me like a cleaning service, like in and out, don't want to know you, don't care who you are, just get it done. I'm like, sorry, we're not a good fit because I want you to interact with my staff and be respectful to them. And I want you to get to know them because I post their faces on social media. It's just like, we want to be a part of your little family. Like I love getting text messages from my clients on Thursday night. And they're like, holy shit, my brother-in-law is coming. We need you to come and emergency clean our house. And these are the relationship I want. Like I want to be on their speed dial. Fantastic. Um, Obviously, sometimes imposter syndrome kicks in. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs have it at some point, you know, because we live in the world where size defines your success. And how many fleet cars do you have and how many people you employ and how many homes you clean. I really try not to focus on that, but focus on the quality over quantity. And therefore, our small boutique size gives us a luxury to get to know our clients, to have that old school approach. And on the other side, I'm just very proud of our team because I never have dreamed about having people working and wearing you know, the logo of my company and uh, going above and beyond every day and caring so much because they understood my vision. Like they understood the importance of us being there in each and every home and how much uh, joy we bring to our clients. So I'm very proud of my team for carrying that message and delivering quality results and, you know, graduating from the cleaning career into something they've always wanted to do. So I'm proud to say that uh, we had people who are now nurses and they take care of newly delivered babies. And we have clinical psychologists who are now, you know, working with youth and we have paramedics. Uh, who were with us and now they're paramedics and a bunch of other 
you know, careers that people took on after they left that company. And it makes me very proud that we were a solid stepping stone for them. Um, because in the end of the day, like I care about their personal development. They must think of you as a sister. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, I hope to be the world's best boss, but not the Michael Scott style. I'm going to get you a mug. <laughs> get me a mug. Yeah. No, I just, you know, I just try to be transparent and honest and appreciate everyone. And it's just my opportunity to choose uh, what kind of leader I will be. And what kind of people I will attract to work together with me. Well, you attracted my attention <laughs> and I'm so glad I followed that hunch. It's been a privilege to speak with you, to learn about your story and um, we wanted background noise. There's some background noise. <laughs> there we go. It's been awesome. Right. Thank you so much, David. Maria Padeco of AM Cleaning. Go ahead, find it on Instagram you'll discover this is a different kind of house cleaning company. Better yet, go to amcleaning.ca to get a sense of the commitment she has to solving home pain points beyond dirty ovens. And to find out more about the meticulous detail she goes into to create a finished product that makes you love your home again. Stay safe and healthy, and thanks for making us your background noise. It does mean a lot.